Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg, joined in real life today. This is very exciting. I think our first time recording a podcast together in real life. Our first time together, yeah. By, you recognize her voice, I, I hope, Miss Hemel Treveri. Hi, Ted. Hemel, how are you? I'm I'm here and I'm great, and this is very weird to do it face-to-face and not over the phone, per Now usual. I can see you <laughs> staring at me in disappointment rather than just imagining you in your house That's true. looking disappointed. Right, you will, you will see all my exacerbated sighs and eye rolls like aimed directly at you. Um, well, uh, I should say, uh, while you were out on Friday mm-hmm. and I was able to explain to you the term Wally Pipped, which is a baseball <laughs> term, That's right. Michelle did a really good job filling in, so there are... Uh, the bar has been set high, and also uh, I assume you're gonna be back on the show on Friday. I mean, so we're twice gonna... in one week, why not? Yeah, so uh, we gotta come up with some stuff to talk about. <laughs> uh, and so, the, so we're gonna do five questions, and the first one is, how was Vegas? So, some background, yeah, I was not on yesterday on last Friday's podcast because I was at a work conference in Vegas. And I think this is one of many unpopular opinions that I have, which is that Vegas is awful. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I mean, well, some people can, can, will say that Vegas is okay for 12 hours or 24 hours and you never want to go longer than 48 hours. And I will say that, like, nobody ever needs to go to Vegas ever. And there's just, like, it is an affront to God and humanity and and all that good stuff. (laughs) So I think my take is that yeah, I'm more on like the I like being in Vegas, but I would say not even 12 or 24 hours. I'd say like an hour and a half in Vegas is okay. pretty good um, because I like shiny things. And there's what? A... okay, well let's backtrack. What do you do when you are in Vegas? Um, I play roulette. I okay. I do. I really enjoy. So you do gamble. I do gamble. Okay. I shouldn't. I roulette is like the worst gambling to do. I like it the most because. It, I feel like when you're, if, if it's blackjack or if it's poker or one of these things that requires real skill, like mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I've been duped. Mm-hmm. Whereas roulette, it's pure randomness. And so I kind of like seeing how that plays out. And if you get like a good table and if you manage to stay on the roulette table for a while, it becomes like sort of a fun community thing because like everybody, one guy puts like, you know, $20 on seven and everybody's like, oh, I'm going on seven too. And then like if in that one instance it hits seven, then everybody Everybody parties and everybody drinks and yeah. And then like good dudes will come up and like throw $2,000 down on black and then you watch them lose $2,000 in like (laughs) 10 seconds. Uh, so that's kind of fun too, and I will say, and this I know this doesn't appeal to you, but uh, Vegas does, for all of the nonsense that comes along with it, mm-hmm. does have some really good food. Yes, I, I assume that Vegas at some point does have some really good food. My, my problems with Vegas are, are so many. Some of them are personal. Some of them are just that I don't drink. I don't drink a lot, and I don't really gamble a lot. So those are two big reasons that things that people enjoy doing in Vegas that are immediately off the table for me. Uh, we always end up staying at Mandalay Bay, which is a nice enough casino. Like, it's definitely not on, it's on the strip. They're all kind of the same. Right. right? They're all kind of the same. They're all kind of the same, but they kind of, it lacks a little bit of the glamour that I think some of the newer ones do. 
Um, and I, I swear to God, every time I go to Vegas, I always have just like a very sad experience of just like walking through the casino. And you know, there's just like some senior citizens there just like gambling away their social security checks. It's super sad. It, it like there to me, I have for whatever reason, I can only seem to see like all the sad parts of it. So I guess I would say to that that I've been to way sadder casinos. Right, like if you if you wind up in like the Indian casino in Duluth, Minnesota, you're right. like, whoa, that's sad. So Vegas compared to that, you're like, hey, at least they're giving you free drinks and they're, you know, I don't know, it's it's slightly less sad. It you is. Know? I so one of the things that I did this time around is to try to look at different parts of Vegas, and I went to Fremont Street, which is the old downtown mm-hmm. part of Vegas. Have you ever been? I have. It is it's cooler. It. Maybe it was cooler because oh. I went this time around and they had tried to. Vegas. I'm saying relative to the strip. Well, so no, that's the thing is that I thought it was going to be cooler relative to the strip, but they have tried to like stripify it and make it like uh, they put like yeah. they put um, stages outside for like terrible cover bands and. Uh, they put like an awning over it so That's that it weird. covers up like a lot of the 1950s Art Deco architecture, which is sad. So there's like one block which looks like old cool Vegas, and the rest is uh, even sadder than the Strip, actually. Huh? Which uh, is upsetting. Okay. Yeah. See, like I always, I always try to find like the hipster area of yes. you know, not that I'm like a big time hipster guy, but just like I find I mean, try to find like the more cool hip place and that doesn't as far as i know that's not really a thing in vegas like that you know like it's it's not you are either on the strip or you're like in a strip mall outside of you know in like the outskirts of vegas which is where the good food tends to be but it's not like there's any place you can really like walk around and check stuff out i i agree with that i made the mistake of thinking that there might be like a cool undiscovered part of vegas no Um, i mean there might be but we haven't discovered it or at least i haven't yeah, well, for me, my the best part of my Vegas trip was I, I left Vegas as quickly as possible and spent, like, 20 minutes away. There's Red Rock Canyon, which is just, like, beautiful desert national park area. Um, it's not actually a national park. It's a conservation area, but it's beautiful, and there's hiking, and it is, like, a world removed from everything Vegas is known for. Isn't it, like, a wasn't it, like, 110 degrees? It was. It was 115 degrees, and when I drove into the park uh, Friday morning... The very nice park service ranger was like, well, we don't recommend hiking after 10 a.m. Like, we don't was, recommend being outside. <laughs> I they, I don't, which is, which is why I don't understand Vegas. There's, It was so distressingly hot. Like, it was like global warming hot where being outside is hazardous to your health for any period of time. I think that's part of the thing because then you stay in, like it feels like that's what that's what I don't like about, like there, there are aspects of it I, I kind of like, like I don't mind the, I don't drink a lot either, but like I don't mind that it's a drinking place, that's right. fine by me, I hang out with people who drink a lot, um, but that all of Vegas is geared to getting you and keeping you in the casinos right. is what's really frustrating to me because I don't like feeling like a sucker and like every moment I spend in a casino I'm I'm usually losing money because I'm compulsive and can't help myself and you're like ah oh, it's a roulette wheel right there I'll just throw down 20 bucks and then I, I lose just, the 20 bucks I don't understand that compulsion at all uh, it's fun when you win it's super fun it's like and like the I don't know there's a rush that comes from it I it's, think I'm so risk averse that I, I'm I'm much happier just holding on to my $20. One time, and I'm, I may have mentioned this before, but I, I was at a casino in West Virginia, 
uh, it was on a we were on a bachelor party. We were staying out that way, like and and out like it's sort of like on the Virginia Maryland West Virginia border. Mm-hmm. I think the casino was in West Virginia, uh, and that wasn't the the reason we went there for the bachelor party. It just happens to be like beautiful countryside out there. But we went to the casino, and all the rest of our our group went to go play poker and blackjack. And my friend Dan and I went to the roulette wheel. And I wound up winning 1100 bucks, and he won 900 bucks. Jesus. And it was just like, and like, so first of all, for that reason, I feel like I'm still, I'm still on net positive for roulette. So that gives a me a lifetime that, net that positive. That emboldens but... me to throw down 60 bucks every time I see that. Uh, and also winning that much money and like being at the table for the amount of time necessary to win that much money was super fun. Did you did you walk away at uh, certain point, or did I, you start to lose? And that's then walk what. Away? Well, what happened, and the only reason I wound up with the eleven hundred bucks is that the rest of our friends lost all their money, and oh. so they came and pulled us away. Um, Right before they did, I was up like 900 and I threw 100 bucks down on black or 200 bucks down on black and hit it. And then <laughs> I left. And then, then there, yeah, yeah, well, because like by that point, it's like it stops meaning anything. It was to just you. like money. free money. For I started, you. I started, I literally started with 40 bucks and wound up with with 1100 or 1140. Like I made 1100. So, yeah, so it that was such a and that's like the classic gambler's fallacy or beginner's luck or whatever it is which is like you have that day and then you're like then it it compels you to keep doing it even though the odds are obviously against you yeah um that is uh, that's incredible quite honestly eleven hundred dollars is a lot it was dope and then and then it was a bachelor party so then like i paid for everything the rest of the time and i was like the hero because everybody had (laughs) lost their money and i was like throwing it all around uh, yeah, well, I mean, Vegas was all right. It wasn't all right. I, I just did not enjoy it. And I mean, you also had to hang out with our coworkers. Our coworkers are great, but you definitely don't want to go to Vegas with coworkers. Like, just because any kind of profession. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't have that. So, like, we I, don't have like an office environment, but you still can't like show up hungover. We don't have an unprofessional office environment. Our our environment is. It's loose. I'd say it's very it's loose, but it's like and, I I feel like I've had past jobs where it was way less professional than it is here. No way. And like my my wife's office is like so much less professional. Your which, wife's well, office. Yeah, She's a doctor. Like, right, but that makes them. I think that because it's like so much more intense then interpersonal relationships become way less professional. No, wait, what do you mean way less professional? Um, you I, think do you you think you and I have a professional relationship? No, but I think that like I think that my wife and her friends from residency wouldn't be weird about like if they were into it being like, "Oh, let's go see Thunder from Down Under in Vegas." Like that would be something they would all be down and it wouldn't be weird whereas like for you and I, I think well, that would be pretty well, weird. For you that and would be I, yeah, weird. but that's well. There's a gender component here as but well. But even, but but even you and a bunch of female coworkers, for that would, that would be like a little. I don't, I don't feel uh, like Luke and I are not like going out to a strip club together, right? No, right. Well, that's weird. They have a different level of bonding, right? I feel like if you're a resident, you have you've kind of suffered through a lot of different things right, together, right? And right. you don't you've worked overnight shifts, so you like you've shared rooms with all these yeah, people and like stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, they have a different level of bonding. I don't know if that's... I think we have an informal but professional environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to sell out our coworkers, but like, <laughs> there are many ways in which it is unprofessional, which we can, right. we can discuss off-air. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. So, sports questions. Sports questions. Um, this one is based on our man Charles, 
frequent podcast guest, mm-hmm. uh, has been trying, has tried a few different times to beat athletes in their sports. Um, he got to play horse with, uh, he played with, with Kristaps Porzingis, he played with Brian, with Brian Scalabrini and Matt Bonner. Um, uh, or he didn't play with Scalabrini, he played with Matt Bonner. He lost in horse, uh, he lost in golf to Adam Scott. Uh, our, co- our other coworker Andy Joseph believes that he can beat like half the NBA in horse. He can't. <laughs> He's wrong. Um, but but the related oh, question, um, like I, I was I was troll Andrew in our in our chat room and say that Shaq would beat him in horse, which I believe is true. Like I say, like I think Shaq would beat you in a three point con- uh, shooting contest, and that makes him very angry. Um, but I think he would because guys who play basketball spend like all their time, all their playing, time basketball. playing basketball. Yeah. Um, what is there a sport uh, that you believe, or or what would be the sport you would have the best chance if you spent all of your life dedicated to going pro in any sort of sport? What would be the sport that I would have a chance to beat somebody who is actually in that? No, that sport? you would be the best at. Uh, like if I had to pick a sport to play and be the best in that sport. What if you had and like we're both probably past the age of going pro in a sport. Yeah, sad. Um, so, but if you so say you were 16 years old and it was like all I want to do is become a professional athlete. Oh lord. What would be and you were like no, what I'm going to do start doing now is training. What would be your sport? Uh, this is tough because I would probably pick something like I think I would pick tennis. I don't think I like. Just with my physical size, I know that basketball is not really an option. Um, even WNBA. Like, yeah, there are not a lot of... I mean, you're like 5'3"? Five, five. I'm 5'2", five without heels. So I'm, okay. I'm like fairly... I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, a little basketball's too out small. for me. I'm, like, I'm not... There's yeah. no, no way I'm ever going to be fast enough to be a professional basketball yeah. player at 5'9 and a half. I definitely don't want to be a gymnast. That's too much tumbling and, and balance. Um, I think it might be tennis because it's got this like the agility and kind of the quickness. Plus, I think tennis would give me the body that I wanted. Like, I think it would give me just like a bang and bod. Um, <laughs> I, pick that. I mean, you don't you don't see a lot of out of shape. Tennis exactly. Players, like, so I don't want to be a baseball player just because. <laughs> right. You, you could know, be, love yeah. those guys, but <laughs> no, like you could be a good like lumpy middle reliever, but you don't see any tennis players who are in less than impeccable physical. Right. Shape. They're not carrying around a lot of extra weight. I would say that for me, oh. I may. I mean, Wait, go ahead. I have a different answer. You answer first, and then I have a different answer. Um, so, so my mistake was that I spent my all of my teenage years, like, harboring, like, these weird... And, like, I knew rationally it wasn't true, but, like, in there was, like, the deepest little thought in my head that, like, someday I'm going to be an NFL football Did player. Did you really? Yeah, Did you and, like, really like, think that was, like, that, like, like, my thing was, like, I'm going to, like, I... Because... I like I and obviously, obviously, I just don't have the size or strength or physical like natural physical. You ability. might have. You no, might have bulked I, up. Um, well, I was bigger then. Like I was, and I was mm-hmm. strong, and like I was a good high school football player. And so, like in my head, it was like I'll get myself to like some one double A school, and I'll excel there, and then I'll make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And like that's obviously absurd. Um, and I knew that that was absurd. Like I knew that I wasn't fast enough. Like because. For the positions I would have to play, so I was I played my best position in high school is offensive line. You're not going to play offensive line in the NFL if you're under 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. So like for I could not carry 300 right, pounds on right, my frame. That right. was out. Um, so the the better like size wise, I also played linebacker. Um, you can play NFL linebacker at like 
I would have had to, you know, gain tons of muscle in me, but like you could be like five foot ten and two hundred and thirty pounds and play NFL linebacker. I'm like five ten. I'm five nine and a half, but I say five (laughs) ten. Um so like the the height thing wasn't out and like the bulk thing, like I felt like I could get there. Um, and again, it's crazy. When did you give up that ghost? Uh, when I when I went to college, okay. and I found out, like, I got so far as to speak to the football coaches, and they were like, so I had been I had been recruited to play Division three football, like mm-hmm. that, and that was always my like that was, it was it was never like as of junior year of high school, there wasn't even a chance in my mind that I wouldn't play football in college. Like it was because oh, wow. it was all I liked doing. Like right. it was just my favorite thing to do. Um, so I wanted to go to a D3 school because that's where I felt like I could play. Uh, the schools that, most of the schools that recruited me were schools that like hadn't won a game in six years <laughs> and stuff. Um, so again, like the NFL was clearly out. Um, but I like, I, I thought like, okay. Yeah, you like, were going to be in the Tom Brady walk-on. Right, well, yeah. like I was like, I was academically, I was strong. So it was like, there were a bunch of these 1AA schools right. where they're not really like, 1AA is uh, such a big step down from like, big time college football so it's like maybe that's not unreasonable for me maybe I can get myself on a 1AA team work my way to being good there and then get myself somehow into the NFL that all made sense to me but what happened I mean basically what happened was so for before my senior year of high school I put on a ton of weight because I just I worked mm. out a ton um, across the course of the season I started losing weight and I wound up like I wound up in really, really good shape by the end of the football season. And then I didn't want to have to put weight back on. Like I felt so good that I was like, I don't want to get up to like 230 pounds to go to college when I can go to college, like looking sexy, you know? So, (laughs) so, yeah. So it was like, so it wasn't, um, so that's, that's basically what killed it for me. It was like, I lost all this weight and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a big guy. Like I, you know, so yeah. I think I, if I were going to tweak my answer, I would want to be a pro surfer, just because that seems like a fun lifestyle. That would be fairly dope. That would be pretty um, dope. I get to live by the beach. I get to like travel. I think if I had known, I think that the sport for me would have been track cycling, Ooh, which is not is really a sport. It's, I mean, it's not like a pro sport, but it's an Olympic sport. Um, it's it's cycling, but it's like sprint cycling. In so indoor, inside. It's indoors. It's on. It's they call it the velodrome, and it's mm-hmm. like a banked. Uh, I feel like it's a seen banked that. track where it's like it's angled at like 45 degrees. I'm demonstrating this to Hamill in real life. <laughs> you can't hear that on, on the thing, but I'm showing her so with yeah, my hands what it looks like. Um, and if you look at track cycling guys, they just have their like fairly normal looking dudes just with like outrageous leg muscles. And I think that my one like natural athletic outside of uh, tolerance for pain. I'm looking at your yeah, thighs right now. Yeah, I have giant legs. Yeah, I have giant, do, legs. So have giant legs. So that's my one. And and I had like I had set our high school weightlifting records and stuff because that's my one athletic thing. And that's everyone in my family just has huge strong legs. So I feel like track cycling probably. Track cycling. And like even good. when we were little, like riding our bikes around with my friends, that was the only area. Running, I was never faster. Jumping, I was never jumping higher. Riding bikes, I was I could go faster than my friends. I we we definitely came from a family that did not uh, emphasize uh, outdoor activity or any kind of like athletic competition whatsoever. So when the in my 
my sports playing experience is that I played JV lacrosse my freshman year of high school. And when I wanted to do that, like my like everybody in my family reacted like I was a crazy person. Huh. Like, why would you want to willingly go and do something like this? <laughs> We're very much an indoors family. We yeah. I don't, so like for me, it was it was just like following in my brother. Like my brother was played all sports, and I always just yeah. like wanted to do what he did. So I also played lacrosse for a while. I was not good at it, but. There, someday we should do, like, I should do an entire podcast dedicated to the Southside High School 1997 JV lacrosse season. Oh, man. Uh, we had uh, several bench-clearing brawls. We had a kid kicked out of all interscholastic sports for wow. punching an opponent, opposing player's dad. We had, like, like we had a what? mooning incident on the bus that got us in trouble. Like, <laughs> this team, people started coming to the JV lacrosse team's games just to watch us play because it was so psychotic. We had, like, we were... I'm not surprised. Because it was Long Island lacrosse, so it's super serious. Right. Um, But our, in our team, like, the way they did it was, like, if you're any good at lacrosse, you play varsity. And if you're playing lacrosse to stay in shape for football, which I was doing, and which everyone else on, on the team, on the JV team was doing, you play JV. So we had just this whole team of monster goons playing <laughs> against like ninth graders who weighed like a hundred pounds. That and, like, sounds, yeah, and this sounds like a very good movie. It was actually in retrospect horrible movie, and yeah. like I greatly regret the last play of my lacrosse career I got kicked out of the game. I uh, This is horrible because we didn't know about it. I want to say 10th grade, we know all we know now about head injuries. <laughs> um, I was playing defense. We were man down. A uh, kid, I saw this kid out of the corner of my eye come set a pick on me. And I was running full speed. And just right at the last second, like I pretended like I didn't see him. And then right at the last second, I just like turned to oh, him and just smashed him with my helmet just to his going. My evil friend, my person. friend on the side, I said it sounded like. Thunder uh, and like the kid was just dazed and I got I got kicked out of the game immediately and I cursed out the ref and I threw my helmet up in the field and I walked off because I was like I know I'm never gonna play lacrosse again in my life so that was how it ended um, that was and that was like uh, just like a any a day in the life of this uh, of our JB lacrosse yeah I'm you know I kind of want to hear more and I kind of don't you it's don't making me think less of you now. you don't um, it's not you're now a mature adult I'm not it's the adolescent there are so many things that I have done in my life that now I'm like that was stupid and mean <laughs> um, I guess it's good that like I have that perspective right but like yeah I did a lot of stupid mean things in my life that's just the, the yeah no I mean I know everyone thinks that I'm a horrible human being but I've never done but that. I've changed I'm not like and, and like look I always say this about like you know the anti-bullying campaign like right. you like look I, I was never a bully I wasn't I see that's, why would you think I was a bully I don't think you were a bully okay uh, but like I, I don't think I was a bully either okay. but then I look back on certain incidents and I'm like wait a minute that was clearly bullying like that was clearly and like and there are aspects on which I pride myself whereas like like I remember in football it was always this like rite of passage where like the older kids beat up the younger kids mm-hmm. and like when I was in 10th grade and I first played varsity football like Three of the kids who were seniors like held me down on a bed and just beat the crap out of me oh at my football camp, God. and that was just a thing. That was like not a big deal. And when I was a senior, me and the other guy who were the captains, we were like, we're not going to do that anymore. 
And like I was really proud for being You're like, like we, yeah. we bucked the trend. We don't beat up the little kids anymore. But then like a kid quit the team and we toilet papered his house. Right? And like and like we hated that kid. Like there were so there were still bad things we did that were mean to people. Yeah, you had you, you And there, yeah. We've we've talked about how you're woke now and so you had a lot of growing up to You know, I, I mean I feel like I, I can be honest about things. Yeah. In certain ways I was kind of a, a jackass. <laughs> it was I you know what, like and I think that in many, and obviously, in all cases, bullying comes from your own self-consciousness, right? So right. it was not that I, if I was bullying someone, it was not that I wanted to be, that I felt that I was actually cooler and bigger and stronger. It was that I wanted to show my friends that I was actually cooler and bigger and stronger than someone because I doubted that I was. Our JV lacrosse team was all about teamwork. And I mean, uh, I don't know. Girls' sports can be equally vicious. I think. Oh, but, definitely. Uh, yeah. All right. Next question. Um, next question. Uh, okay, this is a personal one, uh, but I imagine something you object to. So something I object to. Well, this that's guy right. Denny Denny Hamlin, who oh, is a right. NASCAR dude, uh, won at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and took their uh, traditional gift, which was. A f- a cl- they claim NBC Sports <laughs> and in turn there's a big there's there's a picture of this on the FCW website in in NBC Sports and in turn for the win claim this to be a 44 pound lobster um, that he received I'm gonna say looking at this lobster there is no chance that it is 44 pounds uh, I don't really have a question related to this I just want I have a personal well, beef I, it's not a 44 pound it's monster. a shame that Michelle is not on the podcast because I do want to talk to her about this because one I don't understand why they're giving people lobsters but whatever. well it's New Hampshire it's like in, in New England I think that I think lobsters just are just like, like that's what you give away like you, yeah. you know like, you, you, like Halloween you go knock on someone's door in Maine and they just like put a lobster <laughs> they put in a your fresh bag. live lobster in your bag uh, it looks like a very big lobster, and I know that you have a professional history with lobsters. I do. So you're more qualified Deep to judge. professional it. history with lobsters. Deep I would say, so we would... And like that was How a, much do you think that one weighs? I think that that's like a 23-pound lobster, oh, which so is a huge lobster. But they're lying quite a bit. Uh, well, that's a huge lobster, right. and like it is extremely rare. That's the thing. is like a 44-pound lobster. This is where I worked was like the like lobster distribution center for all of Long Island. It was, we did wholesale and retail, like basically everywhere on Long Island, a ton of places here in New York City got their lobsters from us. And we never came into a 44 pound lobster. We would get like eh, like once every few months, maybe once a year, you'd get like a 22, 23 pound or, or Is like 19 pound lobster. Is that just because it's an lobster. old lobster? Oh, they're like hundreds of years old. Like no one even knows how old lobsters are, no but way. if it's a 22 pound lobster, it's, and I was looking this up, like lobsters are one of these things that will just kind of live forever. And no. um, and so those lobsters are, are hundreds of years old. Um, but I don't buy, like, we never, never had a 40-pound... Did they pound. just artificially fatten that one up? I don't know. Well, no, but they, I don't even know that they can do that. Like, it's, like, about... I don't even know what lobsters eat, considering... Like, <laughs> like, but, bro, you're uh, not very knowledgeable. Like, little, little shrimp, like, little sea things. Um, I don't think it is... I, I mean, I, I don't think you get to 44 pounds. I think if you got a 44-pound lobster, it would be, like, a record biggest lobster ever found type situation. And this was just the lobster that they're handing out. So I don't know where that 44 pound number coming in, it came in, but I guess my question is, 
who made that up? Because I don't know. What <laughs> well, I think that, I mean, according to our story, the sources, uh, NBC Sports, so you can take it up with them. But I, and will. Well, um, so Charles mentioned something that I thought was very disturbing that I did not know as a vegetarian who does not eat any kind of seafood is that lobsters make noise. Uh, you, they don't. Well, they, when you cook it at home, it makes a noise. I'm not saying it's coming it is, from the right. lobster. It bit. is a common misconception. So yeah. when you get your job at the lobster place, oh, they teach you all of this stuff I to, don't want to, hear this. to make you less sad about all the lobsters you're about to murder. Oh my god. And one of them, so one, it is a common misconception that lobsters scream when you boil them alive. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I guess for some people, just simply boiling the lobster alive doesn't seem cruel enough, but the screaming part uh, makes it like that's that's the line. It was never the line for me, just throwing the lobster in the boiling tank. You're like, this is messed up. This is a messed up thing I'm doing so people can eat super expensive lobster meat. Yeah. Um, they don't actually scream. It's not, the lobsters don't have vocal cords. It's the sound of the steam going through the, the breaks in their shells. That makes a that makes sort of high-pitched wailing noise Ugh. that, to the uninitiated, would actually sound quite a bit like maybe a, a tiny little lobster <laughs> screaming its lungs out because it's being boiled. Oh god, that sounds awful. Uh, yeah, That's I mean, morbid. it's uh, and like and that was the thing about those like giant lobsters. Well, and we rarely, usually, when we got the big lobsters. I don't remember ever cooking one. I just, they would keep them and then little kids would come take their pictures with them right. and stuff like that. Um, because when you're, like, it's bad enough when you're killing, like, all of these, like, seven-year-old lobsters, which are the one-pound ones. Uh, but, like, that lobster has been around way, way longer than us. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's like a, it's a, just a miserable way for that to go. Uh, it's kind of messed up. I... Um, I Yes. Uh, <laughs> Do we? I'm trying to figure out if this sponsor, this podcast is sponsored by someone. I was going to say, do we have but an ad? But I'm having some trouble getting onto the internet. All right. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I have a question. Um, what is your... What so is the deal with the Wi-Fi in our office? <laughs> no, not what is the deal with the Wi-Fi in our office. Um, but while you figure out whether or not we have a sponsor, I will note that... Uh, I'm in the New York office today, and I watched you come in, and I watched Charles come in, and I'm amazed at the amount of sweat that both of my coworkers like. You, how how long did you walk? Uh, to get, it's like 79 well, degrees. Well, Charles outside. walked long. So Charles, I know where Charles lives. I'm not going to say Charles's address on the air, but <laughs> Charles would have walked further than me because I, unless he, it doesn't really make any sense for Charles to take the subway here, whereas I do. Uh, I walked here from I walked about ten blocks. Okay. Um, but I, I did to to my credit I went I went to the gym before work. Uh, I showered obviously. Oh, you went to the gym. Good for you. I went you. to the gym this morning. I did cardio. That I like sweat a disgusting amount. But we've like, talked about your sweatiness yeah, before. Yeah. Um, like like it it when if I do like I did I was on the I was on the, just like the exercise bike for forty five minutes. Yeah. And it looks like I jumped in a pool. It's not like a it's not like a mild amount of sweat. I sweat more than everyone else at the gym. This is a pattern for me. I just sweat more than other people. I don't, know what, I, I, I don't mean to embarrass uh, you. No, it's okay. But I'm, I will not, say I'm not embarrassed by it. Like, I, you know, people just, who love me are good with it, right? So I'm just a sweaty person. Yeah, you're just, um, I'm actually glad that Charles came in super sweaty because it, like, bailed me out. <laughs> Charles is, like, a real skinny guy, too. I so did, it's yeah. like, you know, I yeah, denied just, him a hug until he, he came, I mean, until all it's, that evaporated. Have you been outside? I don't understand how I you have been outside. Sweat. I've been outside, and I walked here from my hotel, which is about 
an 11 minute walk, so I think it's about six blocks, maybe. Um, yeah, um, it's probably six or seven I, blocks. It's yeah, it just depends on if you're going blocks or avenues. So oh, avenue god, I don't, don't, walk. don't get New Yorky on me. I walked um, up a street and just be glad that I made it here. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, For the Win podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash For the Win. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash For the Win. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash For the Win. Hemel. In the time uh, <laughs> it took us to identify uh, our, our wonderful sponsor, our fantastic sponsor today, uh, we have uh, somehow the microphone stopped working. It's been a day, and the internet went out, and a lot of uh, we sort of fought a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had a very productive. Yeah, it got it got tense. It got tense there. It got tense. You there. know what I learned though? I, I don't think we handle, uh, we're not good problem solvers together. Like, there's some people that can problem solve well together. You and I did not turn out to be people that can problem solve I mean, I was well doing my together. best. I was doing my best. Uh, I, I made suggestions that you were not very receptive to. Uh, that's because all of your suggestions were like, go F yourself and stuff. <laughs> they weren't nice. They weren't good suggestions. Um, Luke was very helpful. Luke was not helpful. Don't just say that Luke <laughs> was. was helpful. Um, last, last, last topic. thing. Okay, so um, this also comes. This is also from a For the One post. Uh, Al Pacino is playing Joe Paterno in a new HBO movie. I think it's a questionable casting choice because Al Pacino, since Scarface, has really only played Scarface, and so this means no. that it's just going to be super yelly Al Pacino version of Joe Paterno, and it's just going to come out a lot like Al Pacino, in my opinion. But uh, he does look. They made him look a heck of a lot like Joe Paterno. Whoa, he looks like Leon Panetta. That's not him. Who's Leon Panetta? That, he's like a... You don't know who Leon Panetta is? No, I know. I he, don't. He is a Clinton administration White House official. Like, he's a he's a political guy. You went to Georgetown. I, yeah, but... Don't I pretend mean, that you I don't, don't know I went to George. So. I went to Georgetown expecting <clears throat> I would want to go into politics. I spent, like, two weeks at Georgetown, and I was like, I never want to follow and get involved in politics in any way. Now I do because <laughs> I have a doomsday because, thing. But, yeah, you're... Um, but I... Georgetown, instead of making me want to go into politics, it made me understand how badly I don't want to go into politics. I'd still like to be the president someday, but I don't want to get there a traditional route. I, I don't know if I'm ready for President Ted Berg. Oh, uh, I would be dope, and okay. you know it. Well, if, you, if you're on the internet and you look at this photo of Al Pacino as Joe Paterno... Please respond and let me know if you know who Leon Panetta is, because that's who he looks like. It's okay to not know. Yeah, but he does. He looks uncannily like that. Um, he's. They made him look pretty gross. Um, and, you know, no, which... Uh, Are we sure that is Al Pacino? Yeah, you can see in his eyes that it's Al Pacino. Okay, that makeup person. It's a, a it's a hell of a makeup job. Yeah. They gave him very realistic looking liver spots. 
Um, but this my so my question is just mm-hmm. uh, what what athlete casting choice would uh, you like to see made or sports figure casting choice? Uh, like top of the head, you can be like, well, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman might play Kurt Schilling, but he can't now. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, wow, Philip wow, Seymour Hoffman. Great, he's, but he's um, dead, dude. I, don't know, I, was, I was just trying to think of anything. I was just trying to give you an example before we got into it. Uh, God, this is. This is very difficult because I often find that I'm not great at casting. Like, I try to cast things in my head all the time, and I find that I'm actually terrible at it. It's a hard job. It is a very hard it job. Is, uh, it is a very, so part of the family business for That's for right. The Your yeah. sister is. Uh, yeah. That's right. Your it's not, people think it's so easy to find people to play Hamilton, you know? It's not that easy. It is not yeah. that easy. Um, she did a great job. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. that Nothing comes to the top of my head. Um, I will say... Billie Jean King, or what's her name? That actress who, who's playing Billie Jean King in that new biopic. Uh, biopic. I have seen. She the was in. Photos. She's in Easy A. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yes. Yeah. See, that's not something that I would go for right away. But she. They, she. They she, made she, her look like. Yeah. It. Yeah. They she made. Was a remarkable. Yeah. And but and I know there's more to it than just like physical resemblance. But um, like you would not. That would not be. I mean, and it, it would and not I don't immediately. Mean this is a knock on Billie Jean King. Right. But like when you're like. Of all the actresses in the world who might play Billie Jean King, the right. first person you would not think of, you would not think of Emma Stone. Exactly. Right? Like, like, it's just not the name that pops into my head. Yeah. Um, also kind of redheaded, I guess, is like how it, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't do great with stuff like this. Um, and my, my, I'm so limited in, like, if I was, like, like, casting Tom Brady, I think he would make, his life story would make the most boring movie ever, though, because he just doesn't do anything interesting. But... Matt Damon? Is that where you're Oh, no. I wasn't going to do Matt Damon. I was I like, Matt needs... Damon could play Tom no, Brady because he's Matt... a Boston guy. And he's... No, Matt Damon's too... But Matt Damon's too Matt Damon-y. Like, you can never get over the fact that he's Matt Damon. All right. That's fair. Right? He's just going to be Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you would need somebody, like, more beefy, like like a Hemsworth, but one of the lesser known Hemsworths. <laughs> right. Like a, a, like a second tier <laughs> like one. Like a yeah, second tier because, one. Because once you're up to, like, a Liam, then he's just a Hemsworth. That's yeah, a, is that yeah. a Hemsworth, Liam? That's yeah, yeah. Liam's a Hemsworth. He's um, dating Miley Cyrus. Which one is Thor? Chris okay. I know my Chris's. Quiz um, me on all the Chris's. Well, who are the, oh, Chris Pine Chris is Pine. a guy. Chris Pratt is a guy. I know Chris Pratt. Um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans is Captain America? Chris Evans is Captain America. Okay. Uh, who else? Uh, I think Chris Hemsworth. I think that's it. That's the... the those current, are all the... Those, those are the are only all the people top Chris. That's it. There's just four of them. Uh, <laughs> who do you got? Who do you have? I'm uh, trying to think of who... Chris is a bartender at the bar I hang out. <laughs> There's actually two guys named Chris who are bartenders at the bar I hang out at. Well, where do they rank among those famous movie star Chris's? They're both pretty hot. Are they, they are really? both pretty hot. Yeah, like they're definitely the hottest <laughs> let's, bartenders let's at this place. Let's go hang out yeah. at um, They're, you know, like they're, they're some good looking dudes. Um, yeah, I mean, one of them actually kind of looks like Matt Damon. Nice. Um, I'm trying to flip this around to see if there is an athlete who deserves to have a movie made about his life oh, that I, has not... Um, I gotta. This is a no-brainer for me okay. because uh, I, it's gonna be something baseball. The, related. It is baseball related, and I think I brought this up on the on the podcast. I think it someone mm. asked us about a biopic that hasn't been made yet, and I always say the same thing. Uh, Satchel Paige. Oh yes, most, you did. Probably the that. most fascinating athlete, one of the most quotable. And if you look, there are pictures of Satchel Paige mm-hmm. where he looks exactly like Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. and I feel like Dave Chappelle would be so well cast as this like sort of like jester with a serious side like I feel like it would that would be 
And, like, I, I don't know that Dave Chappelle wants to be doing a lot of acting stuff at this point. Like, it seems like he's a stand-up guy now, and he's, right. you know, the whole Chappelle show thing happened, and it didn't leave, a, I'm sure, a great taste in his mouth about traditional acting. But I feel like if you want that, like, late career comedian becomes serious actor, people start, like, respecting, you know, like like I'm thinking of, like, when Jim Carrey did Andy Kaufman, and then now all of a sudden Jim Carrey is, like, a, an actor people take seriously. Right. I think for Dave Chappelle... Uh, Satchel Page would be like a it, to, to me it looks It'd like a perfect It would be a huge departure fit. though. It would be a big departure. Right. Um, and now Dave Chappelle is like too jacked to play Satchel Page. <laughs> Satchel Page was super skinny but there are if you Google image Satchel Page and it's not every and not every angle but there are a few where he looks so much like Dave Chappelle. I, well I would say that Serena Williams is ripe for the, the Lifetime movie biopic treatment at okay. some point, just because she's phenomenal. And she's had enough, uh, um, I don't, not trauma, but definitely had enough, like, controversy and, like, uh, you know, political conflict in her life to, to make that a little bit more dynamic than just, like, here's, you know, the... She might be the world's greatest, like, female athlete, greatest athlete ever. I, yeah, I don't... And is that, is uh, that it doesn't like need to be... Debate? I think yeah, that's a, yeah, I feel like there's, you don't even need to qualify that. Um, but I don't know. The only person I can think of is maybe Gabrielle Union would play her. She's a little like she. It would be tough to get around the age thing I, a little bit. But I mean, there's. I a, love Gabrielle Union. It's also like and like this like obviously goes into Hollywood, but like mm-hmm. I don't know that you see a lot of like tall, strapping, athletic women with like a lot of getting a lot of roles in Hollywood. You know, right? Like that's yeah. not that's not the traditional. Uh, can't, you know, you're like you don't you don't. There are not a lot of women with like Serena Williams' like incredible body. Right, that are, but Gabrielle like, Union is uh, she's fit and she yeah she she's could, fit, she but definitely. like Serena Williams is like a, a she's right, a big but woman. you're not, she, but you're not right, but she's muscular enough and like fit enough that she can you know with a she can she can sell that. You don't need like a I mean, size for size match. For no, her. no, of course not. It's just like, but like I I don't know. I feel like. Serena Williams is so powerful looking, right? That like, yeah. you kind of want, I don't know, you kind of want someone with that body type. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who else might be, and I just have a string of white guys. A bunch of white guys to yeah, play Serena Williams. Like, well, just, no, just a bunch we'll of white guys. We'll have Chris Hemsworth play Serena Williams. That's a good idea. That'll work. That, people won't be offended by that. They're like, hey, you know, you know who needs this role for a strong black woman? It should be a white guy. It should be definitely a white I guy to get saying, that role. There should be, all I can think of are white, like of all the athlete movies that have been made it's all white guy movies um, except for yeah I mean um, I don't know if you know a lot about how this world works <laughs> but things tend to sway towards the white guy first they yeah, do yeah. they do um, um, who else do you have um, I don't know I'm, I, you know like I I always think so like I, I think that an offensive casting choice to me and I love John Goodman, but like John Goodman as Babe Ruth is ridiculous. Oh yeah, because like Babe Ruth, we sort of like look back and think like he was this this fat guy. Babe Ruth was the one of the best athletes of all time. Like right. if, if you look at like he sort of had like a fat face. He was not a fat guy. He was a big guy, you know. And like so, like he carried that, his weight. That they were like, oh, it's John way. Goodman. We'll just put this like famous heavy guy as Babe Ruth right. like that's you, you could do better I've never watched that movie though so I don't uh, know if it's, actually I have it. seen it it's not terribly good I mean it's not like a notable movie in any way it's not horrible um, and I do like John Goodman great mm-hmm. actor uh, many of my favorite movies he's in but I just uh, I just always thought that was ridiculous like let's just cast this like no offense to John Goodman let's just like 
cast this big fat dude to play right. to play Babe Ruth, who for most of his career just like wasn't built anything like that. I don't. I'm just blanking on relevant athletes to to do movies from. That's okay. where I'm getting like. Do you know what I mean? Like Satchel Paige, I think is great. Yeah, that's yeah. historic and awesome, and that's very cool. Um, but other athletes who even deserve it. I mean, like, yeah, like who even deserves it? Well, like I love you know, Wayne Gretzky, I mean, but he's you know he's not really ripe for that treatment. Who would even play Wayne Gretzky? I feel like Wayne Gretzky would be like. <laughs> like um, I can't. He, that you know, he's guy, got a very like. He's got a strange he's very body. Pointy type. looking. Yeah, you know? he's like, very lanky. The first guy that comes to my mind, and this is this is probably equally ridiculous, but the guy from uh, I forget his I'm forgetting his name. I've seen him on the street in New York City like three different times. Oh yeah, we did. Uh, the guy from Silicon Valley, the uh, Jared from uh, who's also in the Office. He played Gabe in the Office. Uh, he's yeah. uh, uh, I can't remember. Oh, Zach Woods. His name is. Mm. He's like a tall, skinny, and he always plays like. Like tall, skinny white. He always guys. plays wispy weirdos. <laughs> um, and like that's not right. And like, it is weird because he's Wayne Gretzky is a phenomenal athlete, but he does have a very slight. He's very pointy. Yeah, he's a very, very pointy looking dude. And uh, he was he was in the office, and he was just you know, he was a very nice guy, but there was not a lot of like muscular. He came in. Wait, he was in the show, The Office, or he came? No, to he the came office? to the USA Today office. Oh. Yeah. Did, you, did you did you get to hang out with Wayne Gretzky? I he well that's a whole other story. But he passed by our desk, and there was a lot of trying to be cool without being like you know trying to maintain professional integrity. We had so one time here, and unfortunately, it was right before I started watching the show. We had the whole cast of Stranger Things was here. Yes, and, and Luke lost his mind. Yeah, Luke and like Luke and Luke's excitement was actually what convinced me to watch the show, mm-hmm. and then, but then it was just like. I was watching the show like, oh, yeah, that was one of the people who was in our <laughs> office. Like, yeah, that makes You're sense. Like, oh, like, right. That little kid, yeah, like he was totally in our office last week. Yeah. We, so we watched, uh, we went to see Hamlet last night, and it's the version playing in New York with Oscar Isaac. But there were famous people in the audience, which That's kind cool. yeah. which like made it a little distracting because you want to be like, oh, should I look at the famous person on stage or am I looking at the famous person in the There's audience? There's only so long you can really look at a famous person. Yeah. They just sit there. They just, they, he was very, it was Alan Cummings, who I only know from like PBS Masterpiece and okay. from Broadway. And he was very lovely. Not that I talked to him, but he was just like a normal guy there watching a play. Yeah. Uh, one time, Lele Sobieski blocked oh. my exit from a theater and I was like... And, like, I was, like, excuse me. And, like, she turned around, like, I was saying excuse me because I, like, wanted an autograph or something. It was, like, no, you're actually just you're in my just way. In my <laughs> just, like, I know you're a famous person, but you also happen to be blocking this exit. So, um, and, That's like, such a Ted. Um, Liza Minnelli was at Hamilton the night I was at Hamilton. Oh, really? Did yeah. you see her? She's, uh, she's, like, very famous. She but. is extremely famous. And that's, yeah. like, a, that's a big deal for yeah. the Broadway dudes who that's are, like, a, on the stage. That's, like, a, that's a someone. That's, a, that's a, like, an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, yeah, no, I mean, we, yeah, like, we, I, I have a, I think, a fine eye for famous people, and, like, I think I'm, I'm pretty discerning, like, I can, I, because yes. I, 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 I judge people. I have a terrible eye for famous people. So, I'm, I'm naturally staring people down, so. So that you can pass that, judgment on them. So I can judge them, but then yeah. it's sometimes you're like, wait a minute, that guy I am judging is Alan Arkin. I would mention Alan Arkin because in New York City, I just tend to think, like, <laughs> one-fifth of people are Alan Arkin. Um, also, but the best, the greatest celebrity uh, sighting I've ever had, uh, like three years ago now, 
I saw Geraldo Rivera get into a minor bike accident oh, with like a nine-year-old oh girl, <laughs> and it was like, and, I, and he was, it was like six feet away from me. Geraldo Rivera crashed into this girl on his bike, and it was like he was being nice about it, but it was like so, like so unmistakably Geraldo Rivera getting oh. in this bike accident, and like it was so hard not to just stand there, like right in his face, taking a photo of him. But I didn't because I had restraint. That serves him right, though. You should have taken a photo and put that on the internet. Um. Yeah. Here is the time. Geraldo Rivera got in this bike accident. Um, with I feel like I did a bad job answering this question. So next time around, I'm going to come prepared with, uh, I'm going to rank the Chris's by athletes that they should play in movies. Okay. Um, one of them... Uh, Just because I, like, I'm like, i blanking 100%. Either Chris 100%. Evans or Chris Pine kind of looks like David Wright, one of the one of those ones. Yeah, I think they both do. That's that's good. But but David Wright is such a nice guy. Like, what what is the movie about his life going to be? I don't know. That like, he was a nice guy? I, he's like... He's I, a nice I, guy. I want to point out, David, David Wright is, like, beyond nice guy. David I, I know you love him. so nice... He is so nice that he deserves a movie about like how how, how wonderful uh, and nice uh, he is. How like the only good person. And I think right. I this is a little bit of a stretch, but I think you can make it work. Is that I would have maybe Chris Pratt play John Scott because I know John Scott from um, the NHL All Star Game hero who was kind of voted in and was a big enforcer. Okay, and kind of became like and Disney has like optioned that for a movie. I feel like Chris Pratt is. Pretty decent. Like he's, he's got Chris, that lovable, goofy vibe. Perfectly cast as an athlete for many different reasons. Yeah, right? like he was. He worked well as Scott Hatterberg in the Moneyball movie. Moneyball, so. um, anyway, that's my my goal for Fridays to to come up with some rankings. All right. Well, in the interim, uh, you can rate and review the For the Win podcast in all its haphazard editing <laughs> uh, on on iTunes on on SoundCloud for as long as that's a thing and on Stitcher <laughs> and uh, check us out on For the Win ftw.usatoday.com Hemel writes there I write there we're both on Twitter Instagram all sorts of social media things uh, please check those out we're gonna go eat lunch we are I'm very excited for that peace out